Hello, my friends. Welcome to the All Worth It podcast. Every week on the show, we have a conversation about change. Sometimes it's change that's happened to us, and sometimes it's change we go looking for. But just remember, it will be all worth it. Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode of the All Worth It podcast. I'm your host, Amber. I'm so delighted that you have joined us today for this episode, and I think it's going to be a really helpful conversation. I invited my friend Debbie to join us. She's a counselor, and I think that she's going to be able to shed some light on some mindset shifts that we could make as we prepare to head into Christmas. When this episode airs, we'll be about a little over a week away from Christmas, and I know Christmas is bringing with it some disappointments, some loss, some grief, and some excitement, and I think it will help if we take some time to prepare our hearts and our minds for the week ahead. Debbie shares so much great information. Do yourself a favor and go ahead and grab a piece of paper and a pen just so you can jot down some of the things that Debbie shares. She talks about how we listen to ourselves more than we talk to ourselves. And when we listen to ourselves, we're not necessarily listening to what we fully thought out or felt. We need to spend some time talking to ourselves to process what we're feeling, to work through it, and to move on. There's so much good stuff in this conversation. If you'll stick around to the very end, I share some additional information from Debbie and also what you could do if you might want to reach out to chat with her some more. I think she's delightful and I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. All right, let's get to it. All right, welcome to today's episode and I am giddy to chat with my guest today. Uh, I have known Debbie for years. I've lost track of how long we've known each other, which is just kind of the best situation to be in. I was thinking about Christmas and thinking about how hard 2020 has been and I know that I'm not saying anything that's surprising to anyone here, but I was thinking about what would be helpful for listeners this year and Debbie came to mind. And the reason I chose to talk to Debbie is she is a biblical counselor and I, goodness, she's counseled me and almost everyone in my life, (laughs) all of my single or all my friends, all my female friends, she has counseled in one way, shape or form. And so I just love her and respect her. And I thought that she might be able to share some encouragement with us because man, it's kind of hard to turn around after everything that's happened in 2020 and celebrate, but Christmas is just about a week away, and so I wanted to have this conversation as we prepare for Christmas. So, Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to get to be with you. I am too. I didn't tell you this earlier when we were setting it up, but I have a cup of coffee because I know you're a coffee fan, and if we could have this in person, we both would be drinking coffee. Yeah, probably a pot. (laughs) Uh Debbie and I used to work at the same church together, and She, while there was coffee in the break room, Debbie always had her own stash. And so we would regularly come to Debbie's office for the good stuff. (laughs) You gotta have coffee on hand all the time. Coffee and chocolate, right? That's right. Oh, yes. Soothing to the soul. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And for those who want to come visit, I I did learn how to, um, how to lure guests to your office when you work in an office space from you, because Yours was always one where I wanted to go. Yeah, you keep the snacks, you keep the keep the coffee, and then during holiday seasons, you can throw the hot chocolate or hot apple cider, whatever you want. It smells good, but then people will be lured into. <laughs> yep, and, and then you can't get us to leave. People, yeah, and those people who love people, we're happy. <laughs> yep, 
and people feel welcomed. Well, Debbie, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you live and who lives with you? Okay, I live in Greenwood, Indiana, which is a suburb of Indianapolis. I'm originally from the South, though, so you might pick up a little bit of Southern accent. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a bit. And I'm li- I live with Jeff. We've been married for 39 and a half years. And living with us right now, we're empty nesters, but we have two boxers. They are the craziest dogs I've ever been. And um, their names are Sassy and Sammy. So oh my word. while we've been going through COVID and couldn't hug people, Sassy and Sammy, Sammy have gotten lots of attention. Lots mm-hmm. of attention. So yeah, that's yeah. Who Very cool. And what are some of your favorite things in life other than coffee and chocolate? We've, we've, we've discovered that. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> So Jeff and I tend to love some adventure. So we love to travel. We, um, he hooked me into riding motorcycles. So I started riding a motorcycle many years ago. And just recently we um, went skydiving. So back in September, we jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. So we have a lot of fun doing that. And of course, hanging out with family. We have two grandsons, Jackson and Aiden, that are a, a sophomore and a freshman in high school. And both play sports. Aiden played, they both play basketball and Jackson played football. So the bit, one of the big griefs for us this year that right now is that we can't go see them play ball. Mm. And so that's been the hardest thing is not to be able to be a part of that because we love, love, love to be with those boys mm. and our kids, our son and daughter in love and our daughter, Sarah, we love to be with our family and play games. Your daughter in love and I went to school together. So her and I were in school from third grade through, I think, eighth grade. And it's really funny because when I think of Jesse, I think of um, like elementary school Jesse. So then when you're talking about her having children in high school, I still, my brain does this. Like, no, we're not old enough for that yet. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Also, for my listeners, Debbie is like the girliest girl. Like she's all into everything girly. And when you, when I worked with her and she would roll up in the, in the driving the motorcycle, it was always just like, it was such a fun, like, oh, wow. It just changed your perception of what you thought a motorcycle, motorcycle rider was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just so much fun to get out and do something with my husband that that way too. Plus he wanted a bigger bike. So that was an excuse to give me the smaller bike and he got bigger because the guy's like bigger, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, for us, in, yeah, in our house, it's TV. Like our, our TV mm-hmm. could be bigger. I've been, been informed. I, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the TV, yeah. I have been educated. So well, just make you watch bigger Hallmark movies then. <laughs> yes. Yes. I could, I could go down that rabbit hole if I, if I so dared. <laughs> so, well, I guess speaking of Hallmark movies, let's think we're a week, about a week away from Christmas. So what are you looking forward to this year at Christmas? Well, this year, Christmas is going to look a little different because of COVID. Our daughter has had COVID and still has it. She's been sick for about a month and has brought his bronchitis and now she's got pneumonia on top of it so we're not gonna get to see Sarah for Christmas for Christmas doesn't look like unless God does a major miracle she has to go back and be tested the day after Christmas so it looks like we're not gonna get to see her but uh, the kids will be around uh, uh, Matt and Jesse and the boys we should be able to get to spend Christmas Eve with them so we're looking forward to that and we always play games it gets loud and rowdy we're pretty competitive. So looking forward to that. But other than that, it's going to be, be a little bit 
quieter. We're kind of isolating a little bit just to keep people we love safe and being smart and wise. And so that's, it's, it'll be, we'll make it fun. We always yeah. do. We have to look for the best. What are your favorite things about the Christmas season? Mm. Well, I love the idea that we, we get to celebrate Jesus' birth. So what it's about. But I love the lights. I love the decoration. I, I love, and this is weird, but I actually love the shorter days for a little bit. Now, the minute Christmas is over, January 2nd, it needs to get longer. And I want to go back to nine o'clock, seeing the sunlight at night still. So that part um, is the harder part. But I, I just love, I love the smells of Christmas, the baking. I loved it. I love food. Mm-hmm. Does that, yeah. I love the smell of food and fixing cookies and things and doing that with kids and family. And yeah, that's my favorite part of it. It is nice that there are some of those things that COVID has not been able to take from us. Like we can still decorate our houses. And my husband and I went on a date last night to um, look at Christmas lights. And we're, we've done this a couple of times just around our neighborhood. I like went out, I wore my pajamas to do this and took a blanket to the car. And I'm like, babe, if, if the car breaks down, you're going to have to be the one walking because <laughs> I'm wearing pajamas. Um, but we were just looking and I feel like more people have lights up this year than, than any other year. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It, actually, that's true because I was in Menards, our local hardware store. And on the 10th of de- December, they'd already, they were taking the Christmas trees down and all the lights. And I said, so, you know, me panic and I go, what's going on? It's not even, we're not even through middle through December yet. And they said, we've sold out all the lights. Wow. All of our lights are gone. And so wow. they were down to like three rows of decorations. And they said that because um, of the weather being a little bit warmer here this year, but also because of COVID, people started decorating really early. Jeff was on our roof at the, the middle of October putting our lights up. But that's not really unusual for us because <laughs> we, like up there. we just don't turn them on until- You've got after. standards. We, yes, we do. But we wait until right after Halloween and the kids give us a really hard time about it. They said, you don't even enjoy Thanksgiving. And I said, we do. We celebrate with trees and lights. Mm-hmm. every holiday can have trees and lights in my life. I a hundred percent agree. I, I did campaign to put the tree up in November of this year and I got some grief as well, but you know what? I'm at home all day, every day. So I might as well enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. the kind of thing that help get through the holidays, right? Truth. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of Christmas, it's a season that while yes, it brings a lot of lights, but it also carries a lot of emotional weight for people on a good year. Um, you mentioned a Hallmark movie earlier, and I think we, we watch the Hallmark movies. We watch the the Christmas commercials, the feel good movies, and we always expect that this year is going to be the best year ever. Like it's going to just be this magical Christmas and wonderful. Um, you know, it is the most wonderful time of the year, but it's not always that. And for some people, Christmas is incredibly painful. Can you talk a little bit about the pressures Christmas can bring to people? Yeah. We all go into it with the expectation that this year is going to be different. I'm going to, it's going to be a different Christmas this year. I'm going to make it different. And somehow life takes a turn and it's not. And so we ended up with, with that disappointment and that hurt. of, And I almost, some people almost hate the holidays because of that. And so it's, it's part of it. You have to learn to set those 
realistic expectations of, you know what, I want to have a good day. It may not be a good month. It may not even be a good week, but can I have a good day today and enjoy today? And, and it doesn't have to be Christmas day. That's the good day. Sometimes it's a different day that of the, of the holiday that if you're able, whoever you're able to be with, especially this year with COVID, whoever you're able to be with, whether that's physically with them or on Skype or on Zoom, whatever it is, enjoy that and be thankful for that because it, it will get better. It always gets better. Mm-hmm. Better's coming. Yeah. I remember, and, and you well know this, and I, I think my listeners do as well. I was single for a very long time. <laughs> and I remember there were a couple of years that I'd had I'd had really great years. And I remember like Christmas and New Year's, it's this kind of the single person's worst nightmare followed very quickly by Valentine's Day. But it's that stretch where these days highlight this mm-hmm. struggle. And I had this moment of realizing I was fine yesterday. I'll be fine tomorrow. What is it about this one day of Christmas day, like going to the family functions alone or, oh, so are you seeing anyone, Amber, or not even being asked the question anymore? And I was, it got me so frustrated. I was like, what is it about this one day that for so many people carries so much weight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you learn to change your perception of that one day. What am I celebrating? What's this day about? And so if you can step outside of that look and not look so inward that day, and Mm -hmm. you have to intentionally make that decision, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy today. And I can look around and find something to do to enjoy it. And it's generally about the things that you're most grateful for and looking for those instead of staying in your head. And that's hard to do, Mm -hmm. but you have to prepare, you have to plan to do it. I have to choose gratitude today. Yeah. I like that though, but we have to plan for gifts. I mean, we have to plan for what we're getting for people. We have to plan for decorating. Those things don't just typically magically happen. So I love that idea of preparing today, you know, this one week before Christmas of how am I going to set my heart and my mindset for Christmas day? Yeah. Yeah. Reorient your heart, reorient your thinking. Mm -hmm. What, What can I enjoy today? That's so good. I know you kind of just spoke to that, but how can we care for our mental and emotional health this season? Yeah. Slow down. Slow your thoughts down. Slow your life down. And I know a lot of people say, well, we have slowed down. In many ways, we have physically slowed down, but we've not slowed our thoughts down. Mm. And we've not sat with it. Feel the emotions, identify what this is, push pause. I have a friend that she always says, this is what I would call pump the brakes, yep, <laughs> pump the brakes, push pause and identify what am I actually feeling and why? And then start asking yourself a series of questions. When you ask that question, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? What do I need to do about it? And that will help you understand that what do I need to do next? Because we want to do something about it, but we can't always just fix it right then. But if we've got a list in front of us and we start to write down, and I'm a firm believer in writing and journaling and making a list, you remember what you write. So 
but when I see it in black and white, I can almost categorize it and then start to work on it yeah. and find the solutions. And you're not I, alone. And you're not alone. Our lies, our, our mind will tell us the lie that we're always, that we're alone and we're not alone. It feels that we're alone sometimes, but there are ways there, there were days where I didn't see anybody, but Jeff, but I was on zoom with people. I Skyped, I, te I text, whatever I needed to do. I knew that I, I could not withdraw. I'm not wired that way. But there were times when you start to get depressed and anxious that you will. No, no, no. Don't withdraw. Push yourself to do it and grab somebody to go along with you so that you're not trying to do it alone. That will check on you and make sure how many people have you talked to today? What have you done today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you gotten out of pajamas yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know I can speak to the effectiveness of what you just mentioned. Um, on Saturday, we... So we're not going back to Indiana. So I have several different people that I I've been shipping gifts for, um, one of which is my new nephew, who's about to be born in February. And I was putting together, I'm so excited about this boy. Um, but I was putting together the boxes and I knew everything I needed to get everything shipped. And I had been trying to find the right box, could not find the right box. And so I was talking to my husband and trying to figure out shipping. And he's just like, well, it doesn't matter what it costs. Let's just get it in this box. We get, we'll get it in the mail. And I'm like, I'm working myself up about finding the best perfect shipping option for this box. And he's looking at me like, I don't care what it costs, just ship it. Like he's, he's trying to understand he's offering a solution. And I ended up in the bathroom and I was trying to get dressed and I, I stopped and I'm like, what is going on here? This is more than about shipping. And all of a sudden I started crying because I was so frustrated. I'm not delivering these gifts in person and that I had to ship them. And it was just frustrating to me. And so I, I pulled myself together, took a little bit of time to pray and went back out and he, we helped finish packing up the box. And I looked at him and I'm like, this is so hard. And the light bulbs went off for him of, oh, this is what it is. And I was crying and he was able to comfort me and we sat in it together. And it wasn't that he was trying to fix it. He just rubbed my back, but it was just this moment of, this is more than about the shipping. This is a deeper level of grief that I can't go be with my people for Christmas. Yeah. And that's, that's typical of most of us. I joke about having a daughter with thick curly hair when she was little and if I had taken a hairbrush and just yanked it through her hair with a tangle, it would have snatched her bald headed. Sometimes I had to get hold of it and, and start to separate mm -hmm. those pieces of that tangle and look at it and go, okay, what is this? What's, why is this tangled up in the middle? And to get to it, and then you could glide the, the brush through it. And we have to do that with our emotions and feelings because sometimes our past is more present than it should be. Oh. And we need to, and we really, really need to, to look at that and go, okay, why is my past still coming up in this area? It's more present today than I realized. And I need to decommission it. And I need some help to do that from somebody. Yeah. Oh, that's so You're good. Do that together. Cause it's not, it may not even be our frustration about right now, this situation. It could be something that happened earlier this year. It could be something from our childhood. It could be from, you know, a previous relationship hurt. And we just, 
you, you think you get through that and you stuff it down and it goes away. And as much as we might mentally know that that's not the case, sometimes emotionally we can rationalize. I just can't deal right now. It's not time. Because we've stuffed it for so long that it's down deep. Yeah. Yeah. In this year, like if we keep talking about stuff that we've stuffed in 2020, many people lost a lot. Like if I don't, I can't think of anyone who didn't lose something. Some people suffered the horrendous loss of a loved one. They, someone they knew died of COVID. We are nearing 300,000 people in a very short time. We'll be at 300,000 people who have died from COVID. Other people have lost jobs. Other people have lost plans. And a lot of us have lost mental health. You know, it's, it's just shot. Um, So we're coming into a season that is supposed to be celebration, joy, all of those things, but it's not going to feel how it's not going to feel celebratory. And Debbie, how can we enjoy Christmas even in the midst of all that we've lost? Yeah. Recognize that there's grief and it's okay to grieve and to be, and to be sad. There's going to be moments. Just try really hard to not, not let yourself be isolated in it. That You're not alone. Work it through with somebody and know that the grief is real. Um, there was a, a situation quite a few years ago, um, I worked with a young mom who lost her husband. He was a mechanic, and she and her 10-year-old daughter went to the, he, he didn't come home from work, and they walked in the shop and found him under a car, and so we were trying that happened back in the one summer and so we started planning for the holidays because that was a special time for their family like many others and this young man loved to read to his 10 year old that was their thing to do together they read together and so this so we started trying to think of something that she could do for christmas coming up that would help her to remember him not not to stuff it down but to be in honor of him. And so what she decided because of their love of books, they were involved with a homeless shelter in their community. And they knew that there were a lot of kids that came into that shelter to get clothing and food, but they didn't always get, and they get toys, but they didn't get books. Mm. So her school let her start a book drive and so every child that came into that um, homeless shelter was given a book in her dad's memory in honor of him. She graduated from high school this summer and they did that the entire time she was in elementary school and all the way through school, she, she was able to do that in honor of him every year. It was so sweet. So yeah, yeah, it's finding something to find joy in because they're out there but yeah. you, you got to recognize the pain is real it hurts we're going to grieve we do have loss we all do mm-hmm. and not and we all are going to go through loss and we look at it differently the way i grieve is not the same way that jeff grieves the way that um the way that we process and deal with pain is different and so not to being kind to each other mm-hmm. in that and realize it, there's no right or wrong way. 
and so talk to him. We, we listen to ourselves more than we talk to ourselves. <laughs> so it's okay to talk to yourself. My dogs just sit and listen to me talk sometimes. <laughs> I, I'm writing that down, Debbie. We listen to ourselves more than we talk to ourselves. Yeah, that came from D. Martin Lloyd-Jones Lloyd and he wrote it. He was um, doing a sermon series on um, Psalm 42. And he said, have you ever realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. The whole art of Christian living is to know how to talk to yourself. Mm, that is good. Because yeah. it is very easy to think, you know, I, for me, I'll take it back to those single Christmases of it's always going to yeah. be like this. No one, it's never going to change. It's I'm ever, forever coming home alone for the holidays. And, you know, to realize, okay, wh where is that even coming from? But I, I, and I can't remember who said it, but that the person we preach to the most often is ourselves. And so you need to be aware of what is it that I'm saying to myself, because, you know, that we can get ourselves into a cycle and it goes nowhere productive very quickly. Right. Yeah. We're talking to ourselves and about ourselves in our minds. So many times that's how we get our identity all messed up too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and start to, to lower uh, even the view of who God says we are. Yeah. And all of that can get tangled up in this. But yeah, listening to talk, talk it out loud. Because sometimes when you hear your voice say it, something changes. Mm -hmm. Aha. Aha. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes with Curtis, I'm just like, I need to speak this out loud. Uh, I, I, I don't need you to fix it. I just need to say it. And then as I'm talking, I'm like, oh, that's what I'm feeling. Oh, that's what's going on. And he's just looking at me like, I'm glad this was helpful for you. I'm a little bit confused, but okay. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that now? <laughs> we're verbal processors. Yes. We're women. We verbally process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he looks at me he's like, I've never in my life thought that. It's interesting that you do. <laughs> Yeah. Do you like me anyway? I hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please don't think I'm crazy any more than you might yeah. already do. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're all I crazy. Love, we, we are, especially this year. Um, I love that you talk about dealing with 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 um with the grief, like preparing ahead of time for like the book drive that that girl did of knowing that it's going to be hard. And yes. so to prepare yourself, I think sometimes we don't think. I've, I've heard from several people with grief that it's the stuff you didn't see coming that kind of just stuns yeah. you. And there's some of that, there's nothing you can do to prepare right. for stuff you can't see coming, but we know that Christmas is, is coming. And for some of us, it might be really hard. And so I love that, that tip for people who are grieving to prepare ahead of how mm -hmm. can you address it? Any other tips on people that are dealing with grief at Christmas? I, I think I firmly believe that you spend time in as I, as a believer, I'm going to, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to ask God to help me to bring comfort into the situation because nobody else is going to fix it. Yeah. It, it's, it's not going to be fixed here on earth. There's those losses and those griefs that just aren't going to be right here, but there's right coming. It's already yeah. been prepared. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we have it is because of what Christ did. And so, but for those who are struggling with their faith, they may, it may be going to God and talking about it, maybe even harder. So go just sit, sit outside with a friend, talk it out with a friend. That's okay. Find that person 
and they're there. You just have to sometimes be brave enough to be willing to share and taking that mask off to share and be authentic with people is a very, very scary thing. But what will happen is that your story will impact somebody else's life and you may be giving them an opportunity to be open as well. Yeah. And so you can be for somebody else and let them be for you. We're not yeah. to be in this alone. We weren't created to be alone and to do life alone. And it's a game changer when you realize that, you know what, there are people that do care. Life's hard, but mm -hmm. let's do it together. We're not supposed to do it alone. Mm, yeah, that's so good. Um, for those who are adjusting to a different kind of loss, not necessarily um, the loss of expectations of what you hope Christmas will be like, how would you recommend that we, we prepare or we adjust our expectations and how do we find tangible reasons to have joy in the midst of that adjustment? <laughs> yeah. Look around and see who else is hurting mm -hmm. because there are, like you said, there's people that have lost jobs. Do they need something? And maybe it's going out and serving or buying for a child or adopting a dog. I'm a firm believer that animals are huge comforters for us. And there's shelters. You can go get a dog for a day, for a week, a couple of weeks, but do something for someone else. That will help tremendously if you look up and look out. Yeah. You'll see something different. And I do believe that being outside and being active is, is a huge part of helping through these seasons. There's something invigorating about getting all bundled up and going outside. And you may not want to be out there too long, but getting outdoors can help tremendously change that, that just for a little bit. But look, yeah. look for somebody, somebody else to help. They're there and the needs are great. They are great. Yeah. And then we feel, then we feel differently about our own circumstances because we've looked out and gone, wow, that's hard. What they're going through is really, really hard and I can help. Yeah. I can meet that need. That's so cool. That's such a good point too. Yeah. Uh, yep. 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 All of it. <laughs> um, so I know from personal experience that you're a proponent of journaling. Um, and also I mentioned you on a podcast interview I did where I mentioned a friend of mine who journals and made a deal with her daughter-in-law that if something happens to her, those journals are to be burned. So I've, I remember this Debbie, so I know you're a proponent of journaling. What are some questions? I find that it's helpful when I'm journaling or praying or meditating to have a question to ask yeah. myself or a question to kind of wrestle through. And yeah. you said journaling is helpful. And so I think, I think at Christmas, this would be a lovely time to take, take some space to journal. So what would, what would you recommend that we ask ourselves or to journal about? You know, what's interesting. Most people think it's like dear diary. No, <laughs> no that's not what it's about at all. Um, and those journals that you were mentioning, my grandson's since I had some muscle with me for a little bit, I had them haul some of them out, out and help me burn them. They didn't know what they were burning, but they were burning a lot of stuff that nobody needs to see except me and God. <laughs> you're making, you're making Jesse's job easier for her. <laughs> yeah, make it a little easier. But I, the question that I wrestle with most of the time is because I've asked that question, wait a minute, what am I feeling? Where's this coming from? So the question is, what's coming out of my soul because of this circumstance, because of this, whatever this is, 
what's coming out of my soul. That's where I start. And then it leads on down. And for those who, who really struggle with uh, trying to be consistent with it, don't try to, to make sure I have to journal every day. No, you don't. You don't. You journal. If you journal, start out once or twice a week. And my journal is only this size, about an eight by 10. And I, I started with one page and I gave myself one page. And some days I could go longer than one page. And some days I didn't even get a full page. But generally something I had read that morning triggered something and, and I just wrote. And sometimes it's in the form of a prayer. And sometimes it's because there's conviction or there's hurt. Sometimes it had absolutely nothing to do with what I had just read in scripture. Sometimes it had more to do is like, wait a minute, where did that come from? I had something came up and I just wrote. And, I, and it was amazing how much processing I could do through that journal. Mm, it helped tremendously because sometimes other people don't need to hear what's coming out of my thoughts or out of my soul. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think what you hit on, and, and I know we need to wrap up shortly here, but I think you hit on a key piece that I think stops a lot of people from doing things that would be helpful for them. And it's the should, I should do this every day. I should to do, do this. And I'll just speak to people who might have grown up in the church. And I realize for other people, this is going to be like, wait, what you believe this to be true. But there was a message given that every day you should read your Bible for a specific amount of time. You should pray for a certain amount of time. You should journal for a certain amount of time. It should look like this and it needs to be early morning and it needs to be this. And you're going to come out and you should be in a fabulous mood all day. And I think for a lot of people, that might not have even been like actually spoken out, but it was what was received and believed. And so then we think it's kind of like with exercise. Like if I can't do the perfect amount and get to my certain heart rate, then mm -hmm. it's just not even worth doing. But I like that you're saying mm -hmm. you should just journal, like you could just journal. It's something you could do that will help mm -hmm. have some flexibility and freedom with it. Yes. Perfection's not the goal. Mm. We set a standard of perfection. God does not, and we shouldn't either. Yeah. We should, should do it because it's good for us and we enjoy it. Try it. Just try it. Just spend a few minutes with it. And I think that it will help you. You will find anxiety is able to be processed through much more quickly. And so is depression when I can write down what I'm actually feeling. Yeah. Look and, at it and then close the book for the day. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that I'm not still thinking about it through the day, but there's something about closing the book and catching my breath and sitting there for a minute and going, Whoo, okay. I've given it an amount of time to deal with the problem, whatever it is, give it amount of time and deal with that problem. Otherwise, you're letting it run, run through the whole day. And I don't want to do that. I don't want it to control my day. Yeah. I want to deal with it up front, move on through and move on through it. And then find ourselves someone who will dispose of those journals in the unlikely, well, at, at some point we're going to have a demise. So we just need someone yeah. to take care of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So my last question for you, Debbie, is as we prepare for Christmas, why is taking some time to tend to our mental and emotional health? Why will it be all worth it? It'll be all worth it. 
because that's where, where you're going to find some peace. Taking time and slowing our lives down is a very opposite from chaos. And chaos comes from the clutter and the, the, and the news and all of the social media, everything that's going on around us that drives those thoughts and keeps us in turmoil and sitting still and being organized just for a few minutes and maybe writing or just listening can change just for a few hours and give us a few hours of peace that we need to maybe move in and enjoy a few hours of the day of Christmas. Christmas. Mm. Well, I want to just take you a second to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And when I think about I'm going to be very careful when I say this, cause I don't want to ugly cry at the end of the interview. That would be a first for me. Um, but when I think about people who have directly impacted who I am as a woman and as a wife and as a, uh, in my relationship with, with God, you are just right up there at the top of the list. So I am so grateful for you and thank you so much for being an, a guest today. I think this is going to really help people. It was fun. And it was so great to get to be with you. Ah, cheers. One of my greatest joys too. Oh, thank you. Cheers to you. Cheers to Christmas. And I hope that our, our, our listeners have a very Merry Christmas and we'll see you next week on the All Worth It podcast. Isn't Debbie delightful? I told you she would be. As soon as we finished our conversation, the part that's recorded for the podcast, we kept chatting a little bit. And Debbie mentioned that she wanted to share with you guys that as we come to a close of 2020 and we look with a lot of anticipation to 2021, it is not going to fix everything. And she wants us to keep our re expectations reasonable for the coming year. But she also doesn't want us to get bogged down in the negative that was 2020. What were the gifts that this year brought you? That might be a great question to put in your journal when we all take some time to journal this week. What were the gifts of 2020? If in the course of our conversation today, you had the thought, man, I would really like to talk to Debbie. I can help with that. Debbie, as I said, has counseled me and countless people that I know, and she'd love to be able to help if you are in need of some additional support. Feel free to shoot me an email at amber at allworthitcoaching.com and I will get you in touch with Debbie. Again, that's amber at allworthitcoaching.com. I'll have that email address in the show notes below. Don't hesitate to reach out. Okay, friends, next week on the podcast, you are going to get a really special treat. This person has been talked about almost in every episode of the show, but he's going to make his debut on the All Worth It podcast next week. My husband, Curtis, is going to come onto the show and interview me, and we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas, some traditions we've set up in our marriage, and just have some fun. You won't want to miss it. All right. Have a great week. Enjoy the week before Christmas, and I will chat with you next week on the podcast. Mm -hmm.